Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're exciting or a bore, from Light Up My Room to Here Before, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He hardly knows what anything's for. It's my co-host, Evan. Who wants to get their lights knocked out? It's Michael's a sinker. I do? Yeah. <laughs> can you can you, you just said, you just said lay lay one on me, Evan? <laughs> just before you leaned over it like you do before every podcast, and you're like, I want to get hit in the face oh. as hard as you can. I, I meant with your lips. I want you to give me a kiss on the cheek. That's not how you you like literally mimed punching yourself in the face, I and then you hit as, yourself in the face. As lips. I you're like, I want to be unconscious <laughs> with your love. Yeah, you want me to kiss you so hard that you swoon. <laughs> That's correct. Okay, I wish. Do people actually swoon in like um, romance situations? No, I feel. Or is like that just like that's a gendered a, a like, holdover from like fainting couches and like no, nobody swoons. I think well, swooning that, like, is there's that like male arc that problematic male archetype from like the fifties and forties where like he's chasing a girl and she doesn't want anything to do with him until he like forcibly kisses her and then she just sort of melts in his arms and becomes like obsessed with him. Like that's just like. I remember that being a thing. Really? It happens I, in a lot of movies. In movies? What it movies? Lots of movies. All these old black and white boys. Sure. Yeah, I guess. And you know what? That's not really gone away. I think a lot of people, I mean, there's that uh, whole idea that, you know, oh, if, I, if she just gave me a chance, you know, right. that's that's what that, I, I mean, mean, in a nutshell, I, if I kiss her hard enough. Nobody owes just, you a chance. Well, no, there's the, like, it's, I think it's I, I definitely a toxic masculine sort of sure. pernicious impulse where, like, you can wear a person down to the point that they will date you. Yes. And that's just not a good way to, even if, even on like taking in the best, most charitable way possible, that's not a good way to wear sort of relationship yeah. wearing someone down. Yeah. Putting enough of those friendship tokens in that eventually it cashes yeah, out that's with dumb. <laughs> your relationship dollars. But yeah. yeah, you do want to get your lights knocked out. Bello. I do. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, can you unilaterally decide that someone wants to get their lights knocked out? I mean, I suppose that's what a fight is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were asking for right a fight. You can you can be involved in a fight without wanting to be. Yeah, I suppose a <laughs> like lot it only, of people. It takes one. It takes one to fight, right? <laughs> that's true. Uh, I think Ohio is a one fight state. You don't have to mutually agree, agree to fight. Yeah, as long as one person does it, it's fine. Um, have you ever been in a fight? Yeah, all the time. Really? Back all in the, the time? Back in the day, I used to get. Before I learned how to actually fight, I got in fights all the fucking time. Yeah, is that why your knuckles are so scarred? Um, I mean, they have scars on them, yeah, but back in, back in Y-Town. I don't know. You didn't get any fights back in Y-Town? I've never been in a fight in my life. Oh, my God. I want to. I want a fight, except I don't want to get hurt. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Unless well, you're really some, good at fighting. Well, someone just let me hit them a bunch. No, I had like I had like an SLC. I had like the SLC punk experience where I was like a straight edge punk. What's SLC? Oh, Salt Lake City. That's, oh. It's a movie, SLC punk. But I was a, Is Utah a big punk city? It was back in the state? like 90s. Really? Yeah, that's All those Mormons? Yeah. All right. They address it in the movie. Okay, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Mormons and the, yeah, that sort of stuff. But yeah, I got into a lot of fights back in the day. And like, because I was, I mean, I was a belligerent asshole. Like I was a straight edge punk rocker and we used imagine to. imagine you as a belligerent person. I put out like cigarettes on my tongue. And, like, I, I got hit with a chair once. Like, Fuck. I mean, I think at the last fight I got in, like Nazi Steve pulled out a machete on me and I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't need to fight anymore. I'm done. And that, I think that like if I was like that today, I'd get shot. I'd get fucking murdered. Let me address seven things in that story. Let's start with Nazi Steve. <laughs> what was his name? That was his name. No, he wasn't a friend of mine. He was okay. a piece of shit. But you had he was to, a Nazi. You had to differentiate him from good guy Steve. He used to hang around. Did you ever go to Irish Bob's? 
I've been there like once maybe. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it was the bar that would serve underage oh, kids. Oh, really? So we would go to like roust people out of there because we were straight edge. Oh my God. And it was a it, it was a Nazi bar for just a little bit of time until we started picking fights with them every Jesus. night. Jesus. And then the police kept getting called. Oh my God. So we got the Nazis kicked out. So that was nice. Wow. But we weren't, I don't want to point us in any, as any sort of savior. We were pieces of shit yeah. assholes. We were just like, well, happened were... to be on the right side of, <laughs> like, of this. They could be good pieces of shit. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, I mean, we were kicking we got we wore our boots and dumb shit we also used to we were assholes well how did you rouse them you went in and literally just started fighting them well we would like we would because uh, they Irish bobs would serve underage right. and the Nazi I mean we we're all in high school so everyone there's fucking underage so we'd be like oh, you know what how old is this how old is that like we would like get into like arguments with these Nazis because they're fucking Nazis and they're right. really easy to get into an argument with a Nazi and then the they were violent, so they would start throwing fists. We'd start throwing fists, and then there'd be a fight. The cops would get called, and we'd ever get break. We'd everyone would run because Irish Bob's in the middle of the like just fucking urban sprawls. So yeah. you could you could escape the cops relatively easily if there yeah. were like thirty of you. Jesus, and you did this shit. Uh, I mean, we were assholes. Damn. I mean, that sounds like you were heroes. No, <laughs> no, well, we were tell not. Tell me an asshole thing. You so you got Nazis kicked out of their watering holes. But what's yeah. a shitty thing you did? Oh, um, we were we used to on because we were all like i was we were all british of descent so, uh-huh. so we would all put on like a uh, union jack stuff on uh-huh. saint patrick's day uh-huh. and go out and like be total assholes <laughs> to people in like saint patrick's day stuff sure. like they're the irish stuff which is a really shitty thing to do uh, yeah. but also like if you're getting drunk in like a green irish cap and like you're like 125th irish and stuff like that and you're just using it as excuse to get drunk you deserve to be picked on by somebody who's 125th british like <laughs> sure like oh okay so we do like put on these fake british accents and just like just like clockwork orange but not like to that level of disgustingness christ okay just be assholes right yeah stroll in there with some canes and like bowlers and shit and now you watch leprechaun every march yeah fucking yeah (laughs) i don't pretend to be irish i just drink guinness in my house quietly not bothering anybody that that doesn't want to come over you're not quiet but yeah i agree yeah like like, if you were to walk by my house outside you wouldn't think that there was a drunken guy watching leprechaun movies inside on saint patrick's day yeah i suppose until i stumble out into the yard <laughs> i feel like if i walk by someone's house and it's saint patrick's day and they're a grown-ass man and they're watching leprechaun i have to assume they're drunk like yeah, there's yeah. no other reasonable assumption there. some delicious baked potatoes yes your baked potato bar is a delight did we talk about this on a recent episode yep, yep. fucking hell you, you brought it up again you keep Evan. i think you're you just remember stuff from... you, we were just talking about saint patrick's day right but i didn't you brought up the leprechaun things like that you're right i'm sorry yeah. it's you, my you apologies keep taking us back to familiar territory <laughs> is there an easter horror movie you've got thanks killing there got is Leprechaun. a um there's holidays which is an anth- a horror anthology that yeah, has an easter easter is the weirdest thing um i don't i'm sure there is i can't think of anything off the top of my head sure except for holiday the, the easter segment and holidays give me a perspective either a tagline for an easter horror film or a title can you do that can you think of a title for an Easter horror film? I'd like the. I have this image in my head. I can't think of a title, but I have this image in my head of somebody like writhing on the ground and like clawing at their like skin. And as they claw claw away, you see that like, and this just came to me as you said that like they pull back their skin and there's like that Easter grass under there. It's oh, like coming Jesus. out. So they're like yeah. coughing and like they're co- like trying to pull the Easter grass out of their mouth. So the scene starts where like they're like eating some like fucking Cadbury cream egg or something, and they're like. Oh, 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 yeah, like pulling. There's like a single strand of Easter grass, and they just sure. keep pulling and pulling, and then it just oh, comes out. It's all attached to a rabbit. Yep, they're like rabbit. a uh, they're like a scarecrow full yeah. of Easter grass. Okay, so that's the concept for the horror movie, and then I come up with the title, yeah. which is "Your Ass Is Grass." <laughs> nope, that's the tagline. <laughs> Your line. Ass Is Easter Grass. 
<laughs> he is risen. Uh, he is risen. Uh, but you won't is the uh, tagline. Uh, like, uh, no, there's no pun on Easter. Yeah, and I feel like Easter is more explicitly religious than Christmas. Yeah, oh yeah, I for mean, sure. Like Easter, is Easter's definitely been, commercial. we've, we've commercialized the shit out of Easter, but like, I think that Easter's way more religious. Like, feel, it feels way more religious. My family would never celebrate Easter. Nor would I. But we would celebrate Christmas. I mean, we're oh, not yeah. religious. Like, we celebrated Easter. I mean, we got we like did. the little baskets yeah. with candies in them. I mean, maybe when I was super young, but we abandoned that as soon as I hit my teens, I think. And my, I'm sure my partner and I are not going to celebrate East. Well, I guess maybe we'll make a. Do you make baskets for your kid? No, not okay. yet. No he's hunt. Too, he's too young. I, I think the, I think the Easter egg hunt is something that is fun to watch your kid do. Sure. So we'll probably take him to one. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. This is great podcasting. We at the beginning of every episode we chat. People love it. People really the, like that. Like the reviewer who said, "I only listen to the actual show about <laughs> bare naked. This is a show about bare naked ladies. Why don't they talk about them?" <laughs> Good question. All right. You want to get into this week's episode? Not really. No, nobody does because <laughs> the song is called Take It Outside. <laughs> Listeners, our song this week is Take It Outside. If you've never heard it before, here's a quick sample. Evan. take it outside and shoot it behind the <laughs> it wasn't a bad song you know oh really i mean this is basically michael jackson's beat it like a, a country western version of beat it uh yeah you're thinking of weird al's eat it no, no I, you're thinking I, of what you're thinking i'm talking about michael jackson's beat it yes and i'm thinking of it now and i guess it is because don't want to do the i mean you're man. talking about thematically yeah not musically no not, not musically at all no it's just the same it's just about so somebody who doesn't want to get into a fight yeah the song is about someone who doesn't want to get into a fight whereas though the michael jackson one i think is more positive in that like it's you know you shouldn't get into a fight because you know you don't need to be a macho man you yeah. should go outside and this one is about I'm a, a guy so pathologically <laughs> he might or may not be a coward but like he's just so pathologically incapable of getting into a fight that it becomes cowardice yeah it's it's, it's whether or not he has any you know heroism at all is moot yeah it's kind of like that bruce it's functionally Br- enable function the, fake it till you make it fake it till you make it fake it till you break it uh the bruce springsteen song um please don't hit me parentheses i don't want to get hurt or get into a fight today <laughs> is that the bruce springsteen? <laughs> you heard that one no. oh man it's really good colon <laughs> colon the movie <laughs> colon. yes i've had a few to drink but that doesn't mean i'm your punching bag <laughs> more parentheses hyphen <laughs> uh megan's song <laughs> megan's song that's right put parentheses for youngstown um yeah this song is Close parentheses. Uh, <laughs> open quotation <laughs> open quotation hello i it's... like the i like the batman movies not all of them end quotation <laughs> dash bruce springsteen <laughs> he has to attribute the quote about love batman. comma bruce springsteen love, love wong fu thanks for everything julie newmar um okay there was a did you see Jesus. the advertisement for that bruce springsteen like movie concert no he uh i just saw i don't know i was watching a movie or something and he this like advertisement came up and it's just him doing a concert in a barn that he owns <laughs> but it's also like the songs that he's doing he like made a little mini movies for each of them about like his like process and his life and stuff so it shows like him with like he wrote this song for i don't know some i don't know anything about bruce springsteen other than youngstown right um but like he wrote the song about a woman so it shows like pictures of them and like he's like oh. driving in his truck like talking about it sort of thing and it's That's like fun. shot it shot really 
it just seemed so masturbatory though you know, well 100 percent. but you know there are spring heads out there yeah. who like are all about it spring dings what are spring springlings <laughs> springlings that's exactly what spring steep fans are called uh, all right, let's actually fucking talk about take it outside. We were. We were talking about the pathological uh, inability sure. to... Yeah. Well, and yeah. Then, then that brought up Beat It, and that brought up Bruce Springsteen. So. Is, uh, <laughs> have you have you seen me today? <laughs> I'm missing. Le- <laughs> Colon. I don't want to get into a fight. Let's talk about lyrically then, because we're kind of on the lyrics about this pathological dude. Who, yeah, his... his it's not... I mean, it's sort of passive aggression, but it's also just passive passiveness. <laughs> like there's very little, there's not a whole lot to dig into lyrically here. Yeah, it's really. just some dude who cannot bear conflict. So he just winces and accepts whatever well, happens I think it, to him. It goes, it goes from, Hey, I don't want to get into a fight to, Hey, I'm not going to get into a fight in my relationship, even if it poisons my relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Which would be the, what, turn around and say it to my face. Yeah. No, no sound. Everything's a race. Lose ground. Lost in your embrace. Leave town. Never leave a trace. I think he's like abandoning his relationship rather than have there be a fight. But later on, he says, I slammed the he door. He slams the door. So I was just about to say, which is very confusing to me because that's very aggressive, right? He's doing it just for show. So he doesn't mm-hmm. feel like slamming it. He just feels like, I guess that's, that's, what, I have to, I have to. Do you do, do you do performative anger sometimes? I don't think I do. Cause I'm not really an angry. I don't get angry. I've that's never bullshit. I got angry. I get angry. You've seen me angry how many times? Once, right? How many times have you seen me angry? Almost never. I don't... <laughs> I didn't ask you the question. Right, but we get along. Yeah. I right. mean, I don't really get angry with people all that often, so no, I don't I've seen you get angry when my brother slapped you. That's the one time you've seen me get angry, <laughs> is what I'm saying, yeah. Um, have, have, do you do performative anger? Uh, not really. Um, like, I... I feel like when I'm really angry, like going outside and like chopping wood or something like mm-hmm. that, just just to like, like, just to like get physically that's get not it out of me. Though. I know, I know, but I like I'm just saying that, that that's the closest I come. Sure, sure. Like sure. I've never like lashed out or like that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, no, of course. Yeah. I mean, I do yeah. things to to you know let like, out like, my like anger, kick the wall, or you know. That's but what... yeah, no, I don't think there's. I've never I've never punched a hole in a wall. I was Nor never one I. of those. Why kids. would you do that? I don't know. What, break your fist on a wall? I think I did talk on this podcast before about one time I bit a PlayStation controller in half because I was angry with a video game. <laughs> but I think that's the... That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, thank you. I you mean, can get a new controller. You can't get a new story like that. <laughs> it's you true. You bit it right in half. I can't also get new teeth, the dentist said. <laughs> he said, I, I bit it and it broke open the along the center line in the uh, the PlayStation mm-hmm. controller. But Abe's Odyssey, man. Frustrating game. That's, that's what I hear. <laughs> That's, that's people are still talking here. about. <laughs> that's right. All the message boards. <laughs> um, the 1980s message boards, 1994. <laughs> Abe's Odyssey is a hard game. Everyone, come here, come to my house and watch me be sad at it. To quote Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> quote, yeah. Colin Bruce Springsteen. Uh, the second verse. I felt, came here once. The second verse felt very evocative to me. I liked that second verse. I feel like there's there's something said that can't be unsaid. There's a fight. There's a hug that feels empty. There's a resolution to leave. Like there's a lot this i did not and i think you may have gathered from my tone listeners that i was not a huge fan of this song but i feel like that verse is the standout verse mm-hmm. in this song um 
I think it's there's a lot of poetry in that mm-hmm. one. He's he's saying a lot in very little time. And the song stays on theme. Like it's it doesn't ramble, right? Yeah. The only time I felt like it went off theme is that slamming the door line, which is very strange. Um but uh yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's it's it's a good one. Um I I love the line, um hardly know what anything's for. Because in the grand, like, aluminum's, uh, every time you're here, I forget everything. Like, (laughs) in this grand, like, thing of sentences that are, like, first draft lines that should have been revised. (laughs) Like, I get the picture of Ed, like, picking a spoon up, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, Excuse me, guys. Guys. Where did this come from? What do I do? (laughs) Hardly know what anything is for like holding it by the bowl of the spoon and like using it to like try and open a can (laughs) tapping it against his nose (laughs) i don't know it's hard and long (laughs) yes maybe you wedge it into something Uh uh-huh oh it's for holding stuff on the wall you hammer the (laughs) flat end into the wall and it's got a little bowl coming out and you can put like a little bit of you can put like a bird you can put an egg in there look at you lateral thicker it's for all your wall eggs that's right (laughs) holy shit i mean eggs are shelf stable right so you can just have a wall full of eggs jim comes over to ed's house he's got a whole wall of eggs spoons in the fucking wall outside the box (laughs) that's ed for you um <laughs> shit if you hardly knew what anything was for you would be free from all constraints that's right you would have to reimagine everything yeah wow that's a a baby oh we teach babies too much yeah i mean we, i think i'm gonna start just leaving my baby alone don't you uh there's like those people who like raise their try to raise their kids without language so that they can like grow up speaking god's tongue is this a real thing i think that those kids are taken away from people. i'm like, sure you know, I'm they are because they turn like, into wolf children <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's like, uh, there's there are like those kids who are raised without like human contact and stuff like that, and they become. I mean, they're they're permanently, you know, permanently yeah. scarred by that. I was doing actually some research. Social on, animals. Yeah. Animals. Well, there's 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 a, something I think it's called negative love. Yeah, and a lot of those kids die. I mean, they'll just like uh, if you don't have human touch, human contact. Uh, yeah, you just you you fall apart. You become a shell of a person. Well, because we're social animals. Oh, is it social animals? Animals. Oh, okay. Animals. Animals. Because we're social animals. What are you? You want to get another? You want to get another clip of me saying that? Because we're such animals. Let me get one more wild take. Okay, this is just animals. <laughs> it's like Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, Worcestershire sauce. Such an animal sauce. How do you say that, listener? I, I want you wherever you are to say that that condiment. W o r c h e s t e r s h i r e. I'm going to say it with it? you. Worcestershire. <laughs> I have too many syllables. Did you say Worcestershire? Worcestershire. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran sauce is what I've always <laughs> called it. The sauce is the boss. Ed Sheeran sauce colon Bruce Springsteen. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Evan, what time is it right now? Adventure time. <laughs> is this another 1am record? Yeah. Here's how much we've talked about this fucking song. Here's here's a great note that I wrote because I apparently took these notes at 1am too. I would love to see a Velveeta commercial that leans on the uh, wanna stir it up some guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want. I don't know where you would go from there. Come on now, Nick. 
any other guy would want to stir it up some. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I haven't had Velveeta in a long time. Ev, you a big Velveeta boy? Uh, is this what we come to? Spruce Bruce. I don't know. I kind of like the juxtaposition of not wanting to go to the mats over anything. Uh, like the good, because I mean, t- like toxic masculinity sort of pushes you to be sort of an island slash battle boy. You yeah. know, like you should, a man stands up for what he believes oh, yeah. in. Yeah. But like, so there's like, there's that, but then there's also, you should stand up for what you believe in sort of thing. So like, it's an interesting juxtaposition because I think the song starts off with one and then bleeds into the latter. So like, I don't want to get in a fight because I don't want to get my night lights knocked out. Right. That's a smart idea. Don't get your fucking lights knocked out. In so the that's fight. him standing up. That, that's him being like, hey, you know, this is all bullshit. He's Patriarchy, dumb shit. Sure. Like, no, that's not him being principled. That's him being, I just don't want to get into a fight. But you're saying he's doing it for so the right reasons. Yeah, like, he's doing it for the right reasons. I'm yeah. not saying that's, he's not standing up for what he believes in, but he, it's not worth him standing up for. Okay. So it's like a bar fight or sure. something. It's like, you know, I don't want to get, because you sure, sure, sure. just said something off color, you know, that sort of stuff. And then it bleeds into the, it bleeds into the negative thing later on where he doesn't even want to fight for the things he cares about. But I feel like this whole song is one narrative. Yeah. Like, and it's the narrative of him having a fight with his significant other. Oh, like, because, I, I mean, definitely... Is a significant other a, a dinosaur, though? Can we make them a velociraptor or something? Go ahead and give me that read. No, I just... Can we make them a oh, velociraptor? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So this uh, raptor... I mean, I feel like the... Turn around, say it to my face. We've kind of covered the second Yeah, verse. you wouldn't want a raptor to say anything to your face. Exactly. Uh, raptors hardly know what anything's for. Well, they velociraptors are very small, though. They are. Yeah, we need, like, a... Because they're, like, the size of, like... I don't know. A little bit bigger than, like, geese. I feel like the only part that doesn't... That, that, I it mean, couldn't be about a raptor. You have to stretch to fit it into the relationship read. Is that first verse, right? I watch it all go down. Closed eyes. Pretend no one's around. Oh, I, I watch it all go down. Closed eyes. Pretend no one's around. So you think this song's about Jurassic Park? And, uh, you know, the, the little kid boy in Jurassic Park who doesn't, like, do anything. He just, like, gets led around the nose by his sister while the dinosaurs are happening. I was reading on GeoCities. I thought it was a fake interview. Uh-huh. But Ed originally wrote the lyrics to the, like, he any came other guy <laughs> would try to take it outside. He came back from Jurassic Park. Just the B&L boys came back feeling so energized from seeing Jurassic Park for the first uh-huh. time. They're like, we got to write a song. And they're like, and then what do we write it about? Later, this song what do we write about? Out. And Tyler, they all, like, look at each other and go... The little boy. <laughs> Sorry. So they skipped. They didn't watch Jurassic Park as a crew collectively until 2003. And then they were like, oh, shit, this fucking 10 year old movie is bomb. It's <laughs> they so finally good. saw it because they it was like when uh, what 2003. So this is like when like Jurassic World was coming. No, not Jurassic World. No. The third the third one. Yeah, probably. Whatever that was called. Yeah. Lost, Jura- Jurassic uh, Land. So they like that came out and they're like, you know, there must be something to the Jurassic Park franchise. Let's go watch it from the beginning. Okay, shall we, guys? <laughs> they had a marathon. All right, Pauly, let's go watch this. Pauly? <laughs> Which one of the very good lady voices? Doing, they like to do voices in oh, their they do. spare time. I bet they do. I bet who's, they love to do voices. Whose character is Polly? Uh, Polly seems like a, an Ed. Okay. Yeah, Polly is definitely an Ed. Uh, Jurassic Park 3 did not have a subtitle. Polly Allnuts. Polly Allnuts <laughs> all the time. Uh, the second one was Lost World. Okay, um, sure, I agree. Uh, I think the the subtitle, the colon, was for the second one, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce, Bruce, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about. Oh, one more lyric thing that I thought mm-hmm. was interesting um, is that he says "hardly no," <laughs> like he really stretches hardly into a three syllable word. Hardly no. 
Cardellino. It's very deeply embarrassing to me for some reason when I hear it every single time. Every single time. Um, did you have any other notes on the lyrics? Uh, no. Yeah, well, besides for I, I said I saw lots of shades of, of for you in this mm-hmm. song, right? Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I felt like there were some similarities there. How? Well, be specific, Saker. Okay. I think in for you... There's there's a, a through line of sort of like something within me is guarded. Something within me is away from these people. So mm-hmm. like I, I felt like this person, if we took it that the narrator of this song has feelings and he's just too scared to get them out, yeah. that was sort of the, the read that I took there. And I think there's also, you know, in For You, every, for every useless reason, I know there's a reason not to care yeah. if I hide myself wherever I go. I think I took it more that, like, less principled and more cowardly. Yeah, I see the, I see the similarities, except that For You is about not being able to share everything, whereas this guy, his heart and his head are an open book. Yeah, So he seems true. like the opposite. Jesus. Do you think he's like a mirror clone of the For You guy? Maybe he has a goatee. The for, you, for You guy is super brave and always gets in fights. <laughs> That's very possible. This song... Made me reflect. Which one of them has a goatee? For you. Yeah, he seems like a goatee. Yeah, guy. this guy is a lot this more. This guy passive. can't commit to yeah, a exactly. can't commit to a hairstyle. This song made me reflect on aluminum, not lyrically, not tonally. It just made me think: Do I hate aluminum as much as I think I do? <laughs> and I think the answer is no. I think this made me think: At least aluminum had a cool intro. That planetarium oh, no, intro. Yeah, this is no intro. This has nothing. This is a, although, like, I don't know. I kind of liked it. It sounded like like a post-Doug Hopkins gin blossom sort of song. Like, not bad. Just, you know, sort of the same. Sort of like modern Weezer. Like, this sounds like Bare Naked Ladies, but it doesn't sound like good Bare Naked Ladies. Ev, I hate to tell you. Uh-huh. Remember uh, when we were talking about Unfinished? You were like, ooh, this sounds like what post-page era could be. Mm-hmm. Buddy, this is every PPE Very Good Lady song. It sounds like <laughs> Take It Outside. <laughs> I'm very, very sorry to tell you that. Okay. <laughs> but here we go. We've got a long road ahead of us, my friend. Long winding road. Um I like uh there's there there is some stuff that I like on this song. Let me let's talk about the stuff we like. Shall we talk about some shining lights? Yeah. Did uh, you like anything specifically yeah, in this song? I, I liked um I mean, like, the, I liked the country feel. Like, this is sort of another, like, slow honky-tonk jam sort yeah. of to me. So the slide guitar was nice. Like, this is definitely the most country song on the album so far. Yes. Uh, like, I could definitely see, like, I'd love to see, like, Blake Lively or, like, Sugarland or Shania Twain or Sheryl Crow do a cover of it. A or lot? all of them together. They all begin with sh. Sheryl Crow, Shania Twain, Sugarland. Sugarland. What a strange... Uh... Weird. Blake Lively. Blake Lively. Uh, yeah i like the sliding of the guitar too i thought that sliding guitar was yeah. fun until halfway through the song at which point the back and forth of the chorus to the guitar like mm-hmm. any other guy And then that's, he would do it a hundred times. I was just like, come on. That's just country western. Like it, echoing echoing a, a line with a slide guitar. I fully am cognizant that this might just not be my genre. Like this is not my jam and that's fine. This song might be somebody's favorite song. I just do not dig the genre. And he leans so hard mm-hmm. into the genre here. This is not a country with a tinge of pop. Like testing one, two, three. I felt no, like this was. Is, this was a pretty straight pop country song. Like, yeah. 
Well, I mean, top 100 country. Yeah, top 100. Yeah, this yeah. is a Blake Lively song for sure. Um, Which is fine. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I don't. I don't really pick up BNL a BNL album to hear hunt country songs. Yeah, see, that's my problem and, yeah. too. And I've got nothing against country. I think country is a pretty fun genre. Uh, I, but you know, I don't know. I think it's gotten a bad rap. Yeah, like I said, which is I the just, other genre of music that everyone says they hate, but country and rap. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of classist. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just don't. I just can't. I I've never found any purchase. I should say it's classist to poo-poo an entire genre of music. Uh, you can say that. Like, is it classist to poo-poo classical music? Yes. Why? Because only you, rich people enjoy classical that's right. music. You got to be able to afford to go to the opera. Yes. You know that NPR charges you like twenty five dollars <laughs> a day to listen to it. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> um. This uh, God, I wanted to do some shining stars, but now that we're talking about country, the bridge is such an ugly country song. No wood, you're things for. Just, like I just like it leaned so hard. Mm-hmm. I just wish Ed has this meter in his head, and on one side of the meter is rap, and on the other side is country, and his needle was full country mm-hmm. in this song, and I just. I, this this is me talking out of my ass, and perhaps this is wrong. I feel like it's easier to write a country song than it is to write a rap song because rap songs are probably a little more dense and they require more um, tight lyrics and inline sure. rhymes. Sure. It's like a drummer talking about how good, how hard drums are. I mean, compared to other instruments, because Sager's a rapper. But I just wish that rap he moved that needle more towards. So you rap. want like a you want like a in the middle of this like. Who wanted to get their lights knocked out? That's what I'm all about. Get in, get in my <laughs> car and drive around town. Yes, I would love. I won't that. stop until I get knocked down. Like <laughs> I get knocked down, but I get <laughs> up again. <laughs> yes, like that's that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to well, hear from this. Of course, because that's the kind of music you like. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm I saying. I wish this song could be less of the type of music that I don't like and more the type that I do. <laughs> I wish this was all ska. <laughs> oh, God damn, I wish it was. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Um, I just feel like I wonder. Again, we've talked about Meditations on Fame a hundred million times throughout this album, but I wonder how much One Week pushed him away from rapping, where, like, I don't want to do that again because I might get locked into this, like, you know, people hated another postcard, and I tried to do the rap thing on that, and it's just like, I wonder if that, because in the PPE, we don't see a whole lot of rap songs. We see him pushing far, far, far away from that. So I wonder you think if it's just, because he gets tired of talking so fast. Maybe, or as he got older, his taste just changed, which mm-hmm. happens. Um, rap is a young man's he might game. Genuinely think his most his more recent albums are his best work, Saker. I he might not have sold out. He I might think like I finally that. hit the top of my game. I cannot believe that. Generations from now, people will rediscover the late Baronet, PPE bare naked ladies and be like, "Yes, Ed was right. This is the consummate." apex of his songwriting i can't he did not peak at stunt (laughs) bnl like they didn't peak until they became a two a two (laughs) it's just andy (laughs) just andy cregan and uh and ed Ed. (laughs) i had to pull andy back um i just i i can believe it i choose not to because i feel like ed has more fucking sense than that Mm -hmm. i don't know whatever maybe i'm being classist (laughs) i wonder so here's what i wondered as i was listening to this i thought what does everybody else in the band think about this song? So I interviewed each of the members. No, I didn't do that. But like, well, actually, there there was 
on the bathroom sessions did you read the uh the, did you see the bathroom sessions that the bnl account posted i i saw the bathroom session for this song yeah yeah well underneath it's uh the description of the song is is oh. from ed talking about it oh i didn't read that yeah, he says like this one oh, open quote <laughs> This one was a battle to record on everything to everyone. We changed the key, the tempo. It was a struggle. We don't play it very often. I realized how much I like it doing it again. Weird. So it seems like they, this was like a, this was definitely a by committee song. Yeah. What was the, do you think the key was higher or low? Any other guy. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be much, much Any higher. Any other guy. <laughs> um, I, and I wonder, thinking of everything to everyone as a concept, mm-hmm. I wonder how much of, the everything to everyone ethos is a reference to the fact that everybody got a little something of what they wanted from this album, right? This album is everything to everyone. And the band? Uh, yeah. Yeah, not definitely not the consumers, but the band. I don't know. I really got, like, the first half the of this album. The first half of this album. Except for Celebrity, like, the first plops. album, it plopped, yeah. yeah. And they're just sort of, they're just sort of slopping it out the, less, the rest of it. We've gone off a cliff at some point. I am curious where this is going to fall in our rankings. Mm-hmm. I think this might be where we diverge. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, if they could keep this up, like halfway through the album, I was like, oh shit, this is going to supplant, like this might be my favorite BNL album, yeah. period. Yeah. And I think it's still going to be up there. Yeah. I just, I think this song is pretty tonally disparate from a lot of the rest of the album. So mm-hmm. I wonder if this was Ed going like, y'all got what you want. This is everything to everyone. My turn, yeah. baby. And, and I mean, in the instrumentation's pretty simplistic. Yeah, like it's sparse. I, remember, I was like listening to it for like the 30th time and I'm like, oh man, ooh, I like when they break the chords about, and then I'm like, oh wait, arpeggios. Yeah, I'm just saying I like arpeggios. arpeggios yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> but there are like I like when the notes come out of the instruments. <laughs> there's a moment right after he says "Lost in Your Embrace," like the guitar pings. There's a layer of strings and harmonies for a few precious seconds. The song sounds deep. There's just like that's the deepest the song got to me. But it was like I saw the goodness in this song. I saw, you saw what it could be. Yeah, yeah, I saw what it could be. Lost in your embrace. Leave town. I was curious. That's funny that you said that about the bathroom sessions because I watched um, a live version of this, which was whatever, boring. But then I was like, I bet they played this song a shit ton after Steve left because it's an Ed Solo song. It's easy mm-hmm. to do. Nah, they still really never played it much. That's so what, That's what Ed said. Yeah, it's just weird. It's weird that this one lived and died and, and didn't get removed from the album because it seems mm-hmm. like it, they, he said, like, this is a struggle. This was hard. Mm-hmm. And they stepped back and looked at it and were like, you know what? It's good enough to be on the, like, this is a hard B side. And actually I feel like if this were like packaged with like maybe Katie on like a little single with maybe one of their song, I'd be like, all right, this song is not bad. Maybe because I wouldn't have to listen to it 50 times, (laughs) but like, I feel like on the album, this one is rough. This is a rough patch for this one. Yep. Um, I'm drained. Yeah, th- I thought th- there were there were great and bountiful harmonies on this song. Lots of harmonizing, which is great. Mm-hmm. The chorus. The chorus to this song is not my favorite part. It's fine. It's fine. But they lean on it so hard. The last minute of this song is the chorus. That's a third of the song, right? <laughs> so, like, they put a lot of faith in the chorus. They must have thought it was like, people are going to fucking dig this. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It just seems weird. It, it, I feel like they didn't know what they were really getting into with this one. I think they knew what they were getting into. They just weren't able to. I don't know. This is a adequate song. I'd say this is not anywhere near my least favorite BNL song. It just confuses me because you have an album with 14 tracks. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's too many. Not too many tracks, but like a lot of tracks for an album. Mm-hmm. Like, just wait till the next album. <laughs> that's true. I guess just a lot of fucking tracks. and I'm not sure. Boy, the next album is going to. We're going to be on the next album for like half a year. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Um, I feel like there might be another, there should be a version of the song out there that hits the chorus less hard at the end. Maybe just like, instead of doing any other guy, we want to take it outside. They just do any other guy. And then there's some like instrumental break or some alternate vocal. Like any other guy. I want to hear some scatting on this spin doctors. Just throw them right in there. Oh shit. Can you Barry ladies featuring the spin doctors? I would love that. Yeah. That would be great. Why don't they ever have any featurings on any of their albums? The Temptations. That's a whole album. Yeah, I suppose. But on their albums, they don't have like Better Ladies featuring Meek Mill. Like the like. Tabernacle tri- Choir on Gordon. That's true. That's true. I mean, they have some. Yeah. Um, I like to turn round. It's a nice colloquialism. Turn round. <laughs> Every now and then I, I get, get a little bit. <laughs> Is that it? No, I, he says turn round and say it to my face. Turn round. I don't know. I'm, I was truly digging for things I enjoyed yeah, in the song. Yeah, there, wasn't for a much, while. there wasn't much to... didn't give us a lot to work with. Uh, what did you think about the bathroom session? Straight down the plate. Yep. I thought the song... I, I wrote, it doesn't get any better by stripping things away. <laughs> like, it's not what I want That's from right. this song. That's right. That's right. It doesn't... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what this... This song is background music at a honky-tonk bar to yeah, me like yeah. it's everyone's drinking no one's paying attention it's just kind of like inoffensive doesn't wear out its welcome maybe maybe takes everybody down a notch like yeah. like everyone's getting a little too rowdy so you put this song on and yeah. it reminds them like oh yeah let's slow down let's all get another shot of bourbon slow down we'll be friends that sort of stuff and yeah you know maybe we shouldn't start swinging fit throwing yeah, fists i 100 yeah? with you i just wait until we get to like fucking grinning streak and we do this every week. This song. Can you, can we do that? <laughs> Maybe like uh, get our episodes down to like a half hour. That would be oof, just awful. P- pound out like six of them. And I, I would hate that. I, know, I like I know. having you those you long can't, ass. You can't not. <laughs> we got to talk about what we ate for breakfast yesterday. Yeah, I know. I know. You got to keep video me here. games we're playing. I got a schedule, man. I got to keep, I gotta keep this schedule. All I got to right. be out of here. Do you hear the ships and dip version? Nope. Okay. It's during a songwriter's panel. And somebody's like, Ed was on stage bunch along with some other songwriters, mm-hmm. and somebody from the crowd, he was taking a request, mm-hmm. and he, somebody was like, can you play Take It Outside? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. He starts playing a song, and then people are confused, and he goes, wait, what did you say? Like, Take It Outside. He's like, oh, wait, that's the, uh, and uh, watch it. All. He actually started playing Take It Back, which is another Brandon <laughs> song. I love that he can't even remember this song. He was like, wait, which it one? It erases is that? itself from his memory. Yeah, I mean, can you blame the man? Mm. Um Ebbo, that's all I got. That's all I got. Is there anything else to talk about? I mean, I don't think so. I think we're done. Wait a second. Oh. Did you catch me? <laughs> I caught you, little buddy. Uh oh. Let's talk I about it. We are on our second to last anime read. I can't wait to see what shit you pull out for uh for Better Good Ladies or me. Uh in the anime read, uh-huh. we know that Stephen Page hate watched a bunch of anime in the nineteen nineties. And too. 
and uh, and Ed too. And I um, probably liked the anime though. What's that? I bet Ed likes anime. I should. I hope. I wish he would do an AMA. I would ask him. Maybe I should just message him every day and say, "Do you like anime?" Yeah, and then you'll get blocked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are you a vampire? Do you like anime? <laughs> um, see, the how would you is, kill someone? Don't block them. Mute them. Mm-hmm. Because if you block people, then they take a screenshot and wear it with pride mm-hmm. as like, uh, "I got blocked by Ed Robertson." Uh, you got to mute people. Um, so this song specifically, which anime is it about? This is specifically about Vash the Stampede from the anime Trigon. Trigon. Tell me a little Trigon. about Trigon. Trigon. Vash the Stampede is an intelligent plant that got grown on a spaceship and fall on a steampunk world. Yes. Steampunk cowboy world called Gunsmoke. Yeah, that's literally the name. He is a guy who, like a common anime trope, has retrograde amnesia, so he can't quite remember what's going on until yes. midway through the series, but... He does have a $60 billion double dollar bounty on his head. So most of the anime is just him being hunted down by variously uh, eccentric assassins. And the whole idea is that he's like a force of nature. Like right. wherever he goes, things get destroyed. And Well, they mostly get destroyed because people keep coming after him. That's also true. Yes. Also and he's true. so he, so he uh, is followed around through the beginning of the series by the Bernadelli Insurance Society. Yes. Trying to determine Two how much. insurance adjusters who yes. follow him around. And uh, throughout that, he has to fight various uh, assassins such as Dominique the Cyclops who mm-hmm. has a laser eye or EG Mine who has like spikes that he can throw with threads on them and uh, Monev the Gate and uh, and of course uh, his archest arch enemy Million Knives Million Knives <laughs> who is his twin yes and uh, where Vash um, is a pacifist and doesn't uh, tries to avoid combat at all costs yeah. and uh, uses nonviolent means of restraining people and that sort of stuff Million Knives is the opposite he loves combat he fights all the time give me that blood give him that blood so um, basically we've pretty much described why this is like this song because Vash the Stampede goes around and people keep trying to pick fights with him and he keeps trying to avoid said fights yes even the when, end even when it yeah even <laughs> when it harms him directly or the people he cares about or causes destruction yeah yeah um that's it he has a gun arm. he's got a gun arm the angel arm what's it called something like that it's everybody in this anime has a cool the ass angel gun. the angel arm to be yeah. honest with you there's a guy named nicholas wolfwood who has a giant bazooka in a cross because uh, he's a religious man uh, there's like Ray day this or is it ray die ray die the samurai who has a gun on his sword but it's not for shooting it shoots when he strikes with his sword so it like adds an extra oomph to the like it shoots the opposite direction that. that's very funny so he swings his sword the gun fires like off into <laughs> space and he just like it like adds an extra into a, it's fucking, it's a bonkers anime yeah yeah it's very fun i watched it yeah. as a child so he's an intelligent really plant I did that? not. I don't remember that. Uh, that yeah. That's a twist. That's you find that at the end. So they're both intelligent. They're all plants. They okay. grew up on a spaceship. Or Aren't something. we all just intelligent plants? Yeah, their mother got tortured to death. By, great. By um, not tortured, but like dissected by scientists on this like generation ship. Was she a plant? She was a intelligent plant. <laughs> and then good. they were raised by uh, one of the scientists who thought that they shouldn't be, you know, like dissected. Mm. So. I'll leave you with like uh like Vash would leave you. This whole world is made of love and peace. Love and, and then peace. Flashes his V for victory sign. Oh, he does the little twisty fingers. Oh yeah, wasn't that his thing? I always thought it was the V for victory. Oh, I thought it was a twisty finger. Probably useless for most of our audience. Goodbye. L- let's get to rating this song. Okay, bye. Ev, as usual, we rate this song on a scale of bare, naked to fully clothed. So, on that scale, 
where Bare Naked is a better song and Fully Clothed is a worse song. Where does this song fall? Before you make your rating, mm-hmm. I have an official. Whoever is doing the It's All Been Done a Bare Naked Ladies podcast wiki, this is my official revisement of aluminum. When I peel down that aluminum layer <laughs> to the very, very end, it just doesn't tug off anymore. And my friend inside the suit says, hey, thanks for getting all that extra aluminum off me. Let's go to Chipotle. So he's still covered in aluminum, but he is not just eyeballs in clothes. He is a full person underneath because I think this song is worse than aluminum. So I have to, oh, give, myself, no. I have to give myself some leeway. So Ev, without further ado, go ahead. All right. Uh, it's been a rough fucking day. Uh, I'm on a road trip. I'm going to like some like analytics conference or something. So I have to drive super far, uh, stop off at this like motel in the middle of fucking Arizona or something. And, uh, I'm like, God, what the fuck is there to do here? And the guy like, like looks at me and is like, Oh, there's a bar down the street. I'm like, okay, go down the bar. It's a honky tonk bar. And I have nothing against a good honky tonk bar. This is like one of the ones where it's sort of like run down and uh, sort of skeezy mm-hmm. feet stick to the floor. <laughs> like when you sit down on the chair, there's like a puff of like air from the stool, like the stool cushion. Cause it's sure. got, like, it's like vinyl with like cracks and shit in it. And the bartender's like, what can I get you? Cause it's Arizona and they don't need to have a thick Southern accent. <laughs> okay. Very good. So, uh, and I'm the only one in the bar. Uh, but still somehow the air is like full of smoke, even though you can't smoke in the bar. Like it's, there's like a ha- ever present haze. It just seems to like have nicotine stains have like stuck, sunk into the walls. The jukebox is playing, um, something from Sugarland, we'll say. Okay. Uh, and, um, he like, uh, pours me my bourbon. I throw it back. I'm like, wait, this, this isn't bourbon. He said, no, it's not. And I, fall unconscious <laughs> okay i wake up in the back room jesus and he's like we don't we don't get many outsiders here and i said what he says you're gonna join us or die <laughs> jesus <laughs> oh okay so um it brings in like four or five other people and it's like we're we're the uh, uh esoteric order of dagon and uh we <laughs> fled to the middle of arizona the driest place we could find after uh-huh. our uh our Lord and Savior Dagon was sunk into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, he shall rise again, and Arizona used to be a great sea, and it shall come again <laughs> in the darkening day, darkening days of the future. I said, you know what? That actually sounds pretty cool. So I'm in. Oh. He says, oh, okay, cool. So they do a little quick uh, ritual, uh, you know, anoint me with some uh, squid ink and stuff, and um, get my get my robes. I get my golden sigil. I get my ability to like summon things that are best not seen. Like I can like look into an angle now and see uh, through it into another dimension. Oh, okay. Uh, some uh, a little bit of sanity, but. But, um, so I'm like, thanks guys. And they're like, no, thank you. Uh, we're looking for new membership. So if you want to like, if you want to like, uh, you know, get some, here's some of our literature. If you just want to take this around and you find any likely candidates, like any outsiders, and we can see you're a born outsider. So we're going to bring you in. If you see any of those, just bring them back here. We'll, we'll jump them in. It'll be sure. great. And then they're like, okay, thank you. So we all have a good hug. I get peaceful. back in my car. Yeah. what do you think it was going to be? <laughs> and then, uh, as he turns around, I see that, um, he had been smoking in the bar because uh-huh. that was a cigarette smoke fun, but he had dropped his cigarette accidentally on his robe. So there's like a little burnt hole <laughs> okay. in the back of his robes. And I can see his, like his ass cheek through okay. that. Cause he's naked under his robes. So, yeah. A tiny bit of ass cheek. Yeah. So there's like a little, a little scorch mark in his robes. Okay. And that's, so, that's the song. Not just fully clothed, but the one part of skin you could see is the worst part of skin. <laughs> I guess the taint would be. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see, I wouldn't want to see a sphincter. Sure. Hard to show specifically the sphincter. Yeah, I think that, like, yeah, the taint wouldn't be fun. Like, the bottoms of feet not really sure. doing anything for me. Like, the backs of knees. There's a lot you wouldn't want to see on a body. That's true. Uh, okay. Scalp. For me, the year. 
mm-hmm. is 2005. Ooh. We find ourselves gonna go back in time. We have this omniscient view of what's happening, and the waters are raging because we find ourselves in Louisiana, and this is <laughs> August 2005. Hurricane Katrina. Oh no! Is hitting the shores of Louisiana, and we zoom in. We get a little more micro, and in fact, where we find ourselves, we find ourselves in Montpellier, Louisiana. Uh-huh. And specifically, we zoom in even more, and we find ourselves at Bear Creek Western Store. It's a Western apparel store uh-huh. in Montpellier, Louisiana. Montpellier. In Montpellier. And the water is raging inside this store. The waters are high, and it's bringing up all the sewage system Dagon shit. Dagon is that's returning. Like, Dagon is returning to the south, exactly as it was predicted. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan is there in his robes, and his ass cheeks are hanging out, <laughs> and I can see his taint. <laughs> um, and, uh, and this song actually takes place uh, a week later, mm-hmm. when the owner of the store comes back. Uh, his livelihood is ruined. Uh, he has to take all of this shit-soaked Western apparel mm-hmm. and toss it in the dumpster behind. It, that dumpster wasn't there before. The waters <laughs> brought it there because it knew that it would need. So this song is a dumpster full of shit-stained Western clothes. <laughs> it stinks like shit. It ruined someone's livelihood. The fermentation process inside the dumpster caused it to spontaneously catch on fire. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's a dumpster fire <laughs> full of sodden Western sodden apparel. Fucking ten-gallon hats and. Wow. Assless so chaps. you hated this one the most. This is your most hated BNL song. I feel like as we move along, this there's is such be... an inoffensive song, though. Like it's not much of anything. I feel like we've had inoffensive songs before. Like this one, you seemed like genuinely like offended by aluminum. Aluminum, and then this one, you've been like, eh. This one, aluminum had the intro. <laughs> <laughs> looking truly looking back aluminum had a different song at the beginning i listened to that intro and when you said it's like when you walk into the planetarium part of a museum i can only picture that now and it's so cool i want that that oh man that intro is fucking great yeah this song i couldn't find anything that was like this is great it's just like this is a country song that they took no chances with. It's so boring. The narrator's bad and artificial and like we're retreading the same ground that we've tread before. And Saker, like, prepare yourself for... Listen, nobody knows more than me about the PPE, buddy, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. So I will... Every song then will be Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to those who had a horrible time in Hurricane Katrina. Apologies to the Queen Mary. Let's move on. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Welcome to Very Random Encounters, where we play tabletop RPGs and randomly determine as much as possible. Remember playing with Legos and swapping the people's heads and limbs to create horrid abominations that God forgot? Our show is what it would be like if those rejected attempts at the human form had to go out and save the day. We turn the nonsense into a story with a nice message, like how friendship is stronger than a mind-controlled goblin jazz band. Hey, that's a thing that really happened. Find Very Random Encounters wherever you randomly determine to listen to podcasts. Hey, Evan. Do you ever want to just just sink into the ground? Did I already say that? I don't think you have, and I've never wanted that. Don't you ever just want to lay down just flat on the ground like a nice soft earth? I... Like after a rain or something, and the... And the, the grass is all wet and it just kind of like it sinks into your clothes and like you get all wet and you don't know like where you stop and the ground begins. And then you just like look around, and you realize that like 
you know, you're up to your ears in the mud already and you're just going down, down, down and it's so comfortable and you just never want to leave. You ever wanted that? No. No. Oh. That whole situation sounds wildly uncomfortable to me. Do you often go outside after a rain and lie down in the wet grass? No, I don't. But haven't you ever wanted to? No. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. You do? I feel like a yeah. lot on this podcast, you talk about wanting to leave your partner and child <laughs> to turn into a vampire, to go I on a grand on. adventure, to sink into the earth. I don't think I want to go on a grand adventure. I'm not the kind of I'm not the adventuring type. You want to go on? I'm up. the Hobbit that stays in the Shire and just has like a nice life and like sure enjoys fireworks every like time Gandalf comes to town. But That's you, all I am. But you do want to disappear and never be seen again. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, the ground. yeah. I mean, I want to take the ring. What would happen? The, I mean, why shouldn't I keep it? <laughs> it's mine after all. <laughs> what What happens to you after you go into the ground? Do you I have mean, a picture of that part? I'd probably just like. I mean, I wouldn't die or anything. I'd just be part of the ground for a little bit, and it'd be like so relaxing. It'd be like a massage. Uh huh. Would you come I, back up? Yeah, probably. Oh, so this is just... I'm not, like, dying. You're, sl- you're going into a coma. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, like, being... You ever want to, like, get hit by a car just and being go into a medically-induced coma just, in order to heal? I'm just being under the earth. Hmm. Being, I don't... I mean, I don't want to... I want to be, like, aware. I want to be, like, one with nature. I want to, like, feel the roots, like, wrap around me and just draw me in. I read a, uh, a piece about a man who was in a coma... And I think he pictured it like he was in nature, in a forest. Oh. So you can have that. Well, I, I don't want to be as if that were happening to me. I just want it to happen to me. But what's the difference? I mean, what if we're all in the Matrix anyway? We're not. Every- <laughs> you don't know that. I do. How do you know it? Because um, the gob- goblins told me. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we were having a great discussion about life, the universe, and everything. Well, you can't, you can't just negate the premise of life. You can't just negate the premise of my what if <laughs> by saying goblins told you. Well, they did. You can negate the premise of anything. This I, is the whole uh, Plato's cave theory. <laughs> the allegory of the cave. Thank you. That's what it is. Yeah, you can negate the premise of anything, but if to engage in sort of a discussion, you both have to acknowledge like a shared reality, right? I you can't just say, but what if? Well, I can I can say, but what if? But well, what, what if, if you don't exist? Well, then nothing you say makes any sense. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. I was trying to engage you on a very kind level. You, you were trying to yes now and you're, you're trying to yes and me by saying that what if the universe is a lie? <laughs> <laughs> and you're wrong? That was your yes you and? You wanted to disappear forever. I'm telling you, you just like, imagine you disappearing. Were doing like a, you were doing like straw brain. You know how do they you, have like galaxy brain? You were doing like a galaxy <laughs> do brain you, straw man. You, do you ever... <laughs> people have called me straw brain on many occasions. <laughs> do you ever have uh, like uh, envisioning... Like you ever envision things? No, I don't like to meditate. It reminds me too much of death. Too much of death. <laughs> so you I'm not hardcore enough. I'm not hardcore enough to die. I yet. don't want to pretend to be on a beach. I want to be on a beach. I cannot yeah. pretend. Well, I wouldn't ever pretend to be on a beach. I don't like beaches. You're one of the best role players I know, and the fact that you say you can't pretend to be inside of the earth, <laughs> you have to be in the earth, is upsetting me right well, now. I can I can roleplay because there's always that level of remove. Like I know and I can see that we're all friends sitting around a table. Sure. Like that's why I can't LARP because I cannot I cannot <laughs> buy that like. You created a LARP that we used to play right. every year. I I know and i did i play it no i just sat around like running it you play you were the spider my friend yeah but it was just me making sure everyone had a good time in a silly voice that's all larping is is making sure everybody has a good time no, in a silly voice no no i think there's more to it than that i mean i ran a larp saker i don't think you can tell me what larping is excuse me <laughs> next time we have a role-playing session together i'm going to mandate that you close your eyes the whole time no okay. you don't have to tell me what to do in my session well don't i i don't know are you running the game um yeah, okay. I'll run a game if okay, I'm it's closing. eyes closed. I'm closing my eyes. Okay. Go ahead. You find yourself on a misty river, mm-hmm. flowing down 
a lonesome road. I get out of the. I get when out. All of I get sudden, out. I get out. I can't. I can't act. Is am I on rails? This is the. This is am the I opening. on rails? <laughs> is that what's happening here? I thought this was open world RPG stuff, right? It's a cutscene. You can't interrupt my cutscene. Okay. All right. Do you wish? Do, what you if watch, you're? What if the world you just described doesn't exist? <laughs> when you watch The Hobbit and they're doing like establishing shots of the Shire, do you go, "Where's Bill?" <laughs> well, there's a difference between me sitting and watching a movie and me being a character in the movie that doesn't have any agency and is controlled by like a uh, when you're, a, a numinous director when that, you're just, driving, that I can't do anything until he's finished <laughs> describing what is around me. When you're driving to work, do you go why am I not at work? This is boring filler. No, but if I want to turn off the road, I can at any point. If I want to crash my car, if I want to like if I want to change the radio, like all of that is mine. Like, does, do I go to change my radio and some boy goes, no, you can't do that till I'm finished with this song. You are listening to Spin Doctor. <laughs> you cannot. Two princes not. is great. Speaking of two princes, you know where else you can find two princes? Uh, is it Sonic and Knuckles? Sonic and Knuckles are the two princes. How did you know that? You're are not they, looking at my copy. Are they princes? Uh, they're princes of my heart. What would Sonic be the prince of? Prince of speed, buddy. What would Knuckles be the speed? Prince of Prince of uh, uh, Power. I don't know. He's the blow thrower. Magical emerald holder. Gives you the coldest shoulder. His spike goes through boulders. That's why he stays a loner. Okay. Sonic F is an affectionate <laughs> parody of the Blue Blur's mid-2000s anime Sonic X by a team of folks who know way more about Sega's spiky mascot than they feel comfortable admitting. Sonic Rex? Sonic X. The king. We're talking about Sonic the, the king, Sonic right? Rex. Sonic he is the, yes, Sonic is the prince of speed. Sonic Rex is the king Sick, of speed. Six Semper Tyrannus. <laughs> I'm going to come for you, Sonic. Six Semper. I'm going to come so slow you never see me. I'm going to come for you like molasses. I'm going to come for you like creeping senescence, Sonic. Uh, in the latest episode, the gang goes to a movie studio for Chris's parents' anniversary. But when a Chaos Emerald gets thrown into the mix, all hell breaks loose on set. Also, the dramatic romantic confession that you, Evan, have been waiting years for. <laughs> I have. You can find this in all previous episodes at youtube.com slash Sonic F series. Is he confessing that he loves death and that he can't <laughs> wait for me, my cold embrace? Amy Rose is confessing her love to you, the viewer, but she uses the name Evan as a stand-in for the viewer. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, I do I do view it, so... I, I know could, you view it, it. It could be me. You can check out their Twitter, too, at Twitter. I did already. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Sonic. tell me what I can do. I'll check out their Twitter. <laughs> this is a cutscene commercial, Evan. Twitter.com slash Sonic Why am F-series. I even on this podcast if I can't even speak my mind? I thought that's what you brought me on here. You know what? I'm kicking you off. This right. commercial. Thanks. Bye. And we're back with hey, It's All Been are. Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now is the time of the show when we spin that Dagon wheel. See what we get. For our friends, our fans, our little wheel boys. We haven't had this one since like Gordon. Oh. Toe to toe. I don't Grab another this. random song. Which wins? Oh, well, I think we're going <laughs> to... F- it has to be a country... Well, actually, we don't know anything about country western songs. No. So what should I... Uh, let's look up uh, songs from 2003. I'm just going to get the same year, and we're going to look at uh, uh, a song. Make it sure it's like a top 100 song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So give me a number on the top 100. 72. 72. So is this song song better than (laughs) The Jump Off by Lil' Kim featuring Mr. Cheeks? Holy shit. You want to hear a little bit of the jump off? I would love to hear a little bit of the jump off, <laughs> okay. but I'd rather do a song that we both already know. But I'm going to listen to some of the jump off. I'm, I'm going to insert the jump off in yeah. the episode. And I want to so. listen to some of this jump okay. off. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Hey, yo, Tim, 
This is what I wanted this song to be. You wanted it to be a rap song. I wanted it to be a rap song. I wanted you wanted it to, to feature Mr. Cheeks. Fuck. Oh, my God. This is everything you wanted from the song, right? You wanted it to be a rap song. You wanted it to have featurings. The only thing we need is to be written by Bruce Springsteen, and this that is the perfect song. fucking great. Yeah. Mr. Cheeks might be Bruce Springsteen in disguise. I've never heard of him before, and I've never heard of him again. Um, What's another rock band that leans country western? Like Hootie and the Blowfish. Sure. Like, you want to do a random Hootie do, song? Let's do a Hootie song. But it can't be like... Uh, uh, a hootie song that like is super popular because obviously that's, that's better win. right well, let's think of something thematically then okay no i um, mean that's fine i think it's okay uh i truly don't know here hootie and the blowfish uh how about um tears fall down do you know that one <laughs> tears fall down <laughs> i don't never heard that's just what i am that's my best darius rucker impression <laughs> might be worse right now. oh let's yeah this is this could give a run for money this is a fair song this is fair we have to listen to the whole thing now okay this is pretty bad all right, all right tears fall down um i think tears fall down is a better song i think it might be simply because it has some interesting strings in it but i think it is also very embarrassingly easy adult alternative like correct but i think that this song, I don't know, the tears fall down had at least a had the heart had a heart to it where he's like he's crying for his family and he's crying for the target of the song, yes. the subject. The narrator and, is less pathetic. Yes. In Tears Fall Down. Here's here's my other problem though is Naked Ladies carries with it for me a certain nostalgia mm-hmm. that like a, a shitty Naked Ladies song versus a shitty Hootie and the Blowfish song. A shitty bare naked lady song is gonna win simply because it's a bare naked lady song. I feel like. Well, you need to set aside your toxic impulse and uh-huh. <laughs> nostalgia is a toxic impulse. It is not. You're alone. Uh, you're wearing rose-colored glasses. Um, I don't know. I think bare naked ladies are better. I disagree. Hootie and the Blowfish, Tears Fall Down, A plus. One thing that we can both agree on is Lil Kim <laughs> featuring Mr. Cheeks. Cheeks. Fucking killed it. The jump off should have been the number one song for 2003. What was the number one song for 2003? Uh, a memorable, if controversial, lyric from the song was, I can make a Sprite can disappear in my mouth. <laughs> is that the number one song, or is that, is that Little Kim? That's, weirdly, that's the Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> <laughs> Tears fall down. On the song's remix, Kim went even further with the controversy by saying, you thought the Sprite can was off the meter. Imagine what I could do with the two-liter. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Little Kim. Boy, I really love this song. Cool. Great. She's good at swallowing stuff. Hell yeah. Hey, that's not that's not a bad talent. Like, sword swallowing is, you know, an art. Yeah. Uh, they used to call her Big Gulp before they called her Lil' Kim. <laughs> she was so good at swallowing. What are you staring at me for? I'm just not responding. That's fair. <laughs> Now's the time in the show when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our guysy gogsies. This is an email from whom, Evan? This is another email from Matthias, Matthias. our single German listener. Hey, thank you, Maddie. Maddie asks if I, I don't want to do, even pretend to do my stupid German accent. Good. So, uh, if you were going to BNL's house for a potluck, what would you bring, and what would the boys bring? Oh, I like this one. Uh, first up, let me just say 
please send us some emails. This is our very last email we have. Uh, so thank you, Mateus. Um, it's all been done podcast at gmail.com. Send us any question. So what should we do first? The boys or us? Should we fill in the gaps after well, we, we see what the boys it, are bringing? We, or is this like a double blind potluck or is this one of those potlucks where like sign up on the list? Because well, that's the first question. Are the boys just being like, hey, you know, we're Friendsgiving, like uh, bring over, you know, whatever you want. Do pe- nobody does. People say like, hey, we need a, a, a corn dish. Hey, we need a. Mm-hmm. Do people just say like fucking everybody bring a turkey, like bring whatever. Nobody you really like that. turkeys. <laughs> but nobody's that that chaotic neutral with their. I beg to differ. I would refer you to one of my favorite birthday boy sketches, Corn's Giving, where everybody brings loose <laughs> corn to a, th- a friend's giving. Um, shout out to Mitch on the podcast previously. Um, so um, I would say let's do the boys first okay. and then us. Yeah. And we'll fill it in. All right. Shall I start or do you want to? Uh, you can start. Okay. I pick my boy. My boy is Tyler because he is so easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler took every – he went to – Costco, mm-hmm. and he bought a bunch of different fried foods. Mm-hmm. He fried them all up. Like we got the, deep the t- fried the TGI ravioli. Fridays, like the t- yeah, the boneless wings. We got French fries. We got all this shit. He took it. He put it in a glass bottom pan, and then he sprinkled a huge bag of mozzarella cheese Ooh. over it. Put it in the oven at three fifty for half an hour, and you've got a soggy. <laughs> mess <laughs> fry surprise is what he calls it ties fry surprise ties fry surprise <laughs> fuck that's great ties fry surprise that's what his restaurant is called and then he puts hot sauce all over it uh liberally wow franks um that's what ty brings to uh friendsgiving uh jim cregan goes to um you know they used to have those like i think they still have them like the candy stores in the mall yeah where they're just like wall-to-wall candy everywhere i don't know yeah. how they stay in business but like <laughs> how do you sell that much candy <laughs> right. like the profit margin on candy must be huge yeah it's got to be because that's a your... ton of candy but yeah so jim just goes to those and like it's one of those like buy by the pound candy thing so he just like spends hours in there selecting <laughs> every little piece of candy he can't like ooh, ooh a fireball i gotta throw a couple fireballs in there sure or uh um it's like when you're really high and i don't think you've had this experience but uh, when i'm high I, i'm a i'm a highest uh, eater like i'll okay. eat a lot of food but i spend so much time thinking about what i'm going to enjoy <laughs> and how i'm going to enjoy it like i get inside my own head like oh okay i'm gonna put like a gummy worm here on the plate you know because i might want a little bit <laughs> something sweet and then uh, oh yeah i'm gonna get an ice cream sandwich <laughs> and uh, uh i'm gonna put some crackers but i'm gonna cut the cheese on them and i'm gonna cut them just like this so i get a perfect bite of cheese every time <laughs> so jim's doing that with candy like loose can- like candy by the pound he's like okay i'm gonna get like one of these um, like fun size Snicker bars because I know Ty <laughs> likes a little bit of chocolate with his dinner. Then I'm gonna get this like can- this little tiny single serve candy canes sure. because everyone will want a little bit of uh, peppermint in their mouth after the end of the thing. So he brings this like huge bag of loose candy. Uh-huh. It's like he's just that's what he's bringing. That's to the great. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Like you were supposed to bring a dessert, Jim. I did. <laughs> I brought all the desserts. <laughs> oh, I slipped into my Kevin yeah. voice. Um. Let's do Kevin then. All right. Um, I feel like Kevin, God. Okay, so here's what happened to Kev. He went to Kroger and he went without a plan because he's Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to see where the spirit moves me. What should (laughs) I buy? And he stood in the middle of like aisle 17, which was just like Mediterranean foods aisle for like an hour. Just like, (laughs) I don't, I just paralyzed. Hummus or hummus? What should (laughs) I get? Bell pepper hummus and red bell pepper hummus? (laughs) What's the difference? Uh, and so he shows up and he's got three different things in his hand. Uh, he's got, well, he's got four different things. Number one is a bag of Tostitos dippers. <laughs> 
He's got red red bell pepper hummus. Uh-huh. He's got marshmallow fluff. This is really sounding like a Friendsgiving. <laughs> a bag of tortilla chips. Yes. Uh, and he has um, he has a cocktail sauce. Mm-hmm. And he says, you can dip it in whatever you want. And then he just starts crying <laughs> and everyone has to rally around him. Oh, it's okay, buddy. No, we all, we love this. This is great. All right. Uh, Ed. Yes. Um, he's the one he's already there when everyone shows up and he has had like um the local professional catering service bring in like turkey corn yeah. creamed corn mashed potatoes roasted brussels sprouts <laughs> like uh hard roll fresh baked hard rolls sure. and just like he's all set it up in like chafing dishes and stuff and uh so he's just he's just got it all the spread already laid out for everybody and they're like bringing in feeling like completely like inadequate as ty walks in with this like this like gullet full of like <laughs> melted cheese and hot sauce and jim walks in with a bag of candy <laughs> and kevin starts crying and steve goes oh i fucking knew you would do this i fucking knew you would do this which is why i flipped the script baby wait steve or ed this is ed and steve i'm doing oh, them both. oh shit oh i had one for steve go ahead oh yeah i flipped the script baby and then it gets to steve's uh-oh because my idea for steve was that he got to friendsgiving and he was like fuck i was supposed to bring something so he just grabs the trident in his glove compartment and is like i got dessert and jim's like i fucking got dessert he's like yeah but you need clean teeth afterwards well steve goes i flipped the script on you eddie boy i actually took everybody out for lunch before this meal (laughs) we got real full and here's the trident from my car no one's fucking hungry ed (laughs) so his job was to make ed look like an idiot well i tried to make everybody look like an idiot halfway through when you were describing the spread that ed brought out i truly had an out-of-body moment where i was like what is this podcast? <laughs> this is a creative exercise for us that people listen to for some reason. Yeah, it's like half therapy, half uh, <laughs> half nonsense. We've got five archetypes. Like, what would they bring to a dinner? I don't know. Let's do a creative writing exercise. All right. Uh, what, so, do we, what do we bring? Yeah. So we so, walk into this really uncomfortable scene. <laughs> First off, did Steve take us out for lunch? I'd say no. No. I don't think Steve likes us very Steve much. Steve doesn't even know we were coming. He doesn't know who we are. Ed yeah. invited us mm-hmm. because we are Brennan Lady's biggest fans. Mm-hmm. And he also invited... We are not their biggest Tracy fans. Tracy from Brennan and ABC's. Yeah. And what do you think Tracy brought? Uh, I think... Tracy brought 16 uh, CDs and a shirt and all for the whole <laughs> autograph. Yes. He, he's pointing, and a professional photographer. He's pointing at every dish and he's saying that turkey was basted and then baked at 350 <laughs> degrees. And that's actually Aaron. Um, so I bring, let's see. So fuck, because if I'm going to the Bannigan Ladies Collective House for dinner, I'm going to want to impress them. But I also don't want to look like a try hard. So what is impressive without looking like a try hard? What I'm going to do is I'm going to... It's got to be special. Oh, okay. So, of course. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the um, the frozen placenta that I've kept in my freezer. And I'm going to get one of those 70s cookbooks that's like, you know, yeah. how to, you know, mm-hmm. cook a placenta omelet or whatever. And uh, I think I'm going to bring a... How to cook a placenta omelet or whatever. <laughs> that's what the Bruce Springsteen... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to bring a one of a kind dish that you cannot get anywhere else. It didn't cost me a lot because they put a $20 cap on it, uh, which is why everybody's pissed at Ed doubly. So, um, but, uh, but you know, it's special. What did you bring? Uh, silverware. It's the one thing they forgot. (laughs) 
everybody. Normally was, they just eat with their bare hands. Which like, is why Kev was like, or uh, yeah, Kev was like, I brought tortilla chips. <laughs> we always forget silverware. And then he keeps trying to dip them in stuff. They, in keep, the every, they, they keep they keep breaking for, <laughs> yeah. and then he breaks down into tears. See, I bring like a, I bring. He sil- bought one ply tortilla. I bring chips. silverware, and Ed goes, Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you brought that. And he just takes it into the kitchen. And we just hear rattling for like a half hour, uh-huh. and we go in there, and he's got the whole, he's got all the spoons stuck in the walls. <laughs> like the forks are all hanging from the light fixtures and stuff. He's like wind chimes. <laughs> Like a baby. Yep. What a good man. I hey. needed more of these. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mateus. That's why they don't have silverware. <laughs> Ebo. Uh, yeah, Tom. We fucking did it. Dundaladongo. This podcast is a living nightmare. We're going to take some time off at this point. Uh, folks, we are going to a programming note. Uh, just like last year, we're going to take uh, the holidays off here. So the next two weeks... No casting. No bare naked cast. I'm sorry, you won't I have. Know you it. wanted to ring in the New Year's with us. We, I know. We can. How about this? Well, both Saker and I will count down from ten for you right now. Yes. Ready? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, six five, four, three, three two, eight, uh, seven, six, five, four, two, one, two. Happy New, New Year. Year. See, you See you again. again. No, wait, we're not One done. year. <laughs> that was great. I So play that for your friends and family. <laughs> and then play them the segment where we figure out what Bernicott ladies would eat for dinner. <laughs> Evan, what do you have to plug this week? Uh, the bleeding hole in my forehead. <laughs> I noticed you stuck a spoon through it at the beginning of the episode. Yep, gotta hold my egg somehow. Your forehead is so smooth. Is you it? have nary a wrinkle upon. I don't think so. You don't think you have a wrinkle? Or you don't I think, think I you have don't? Have I think I have wrinkles. I don't, buddy. Let me tell you. You're, but you have really bad eyesight. That's true. It is pretty terrible. You don't um, have no wrinkles. I, I know. I was trying to think. Do I have them? And I don't no, feel them. No, no, no. We are two young lads, not showing our age. <laughs> Clean living. Clean. <laughs> That's not us. We both ate half a pizza yesterday. We sure did. Um. All right. So you're plugging blood. Uh, blood. I'll plug that hole Fills in your it. forehead. Hey, put a spoon Zing-a-ring. in it. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I'm Saker. Find us on Facebook. Uh, yes. Oh, shit. I'm Evan. Find, Find us, us on, on Twitter. <laughs> Find us on Twitter. We're at Bin Done Pod on both. Check out the Orange Groves. It's our podcasting network. It's good. And uh, you can support their Patreon. All those links are in our show notes. Join the Discord. Talk to us about the show over the holidays. We will still be around. E. Mm. Dickon and mm. Evan Dickon will both talk to you <laughs> about right. the I would, show. I, I, I kind of want to join again. <laughs> Please do. I want Evan D. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, I'm Saker. I'm Evan. We'll see you again in one, one week. week.